Hello, prayer friend. Once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. These podcasts are the ones that help you to develop footsteps with impact in your prayer life. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. Please thank you again for listening in. Download this and send it to your friends. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store, and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Thank you. Ministries, uh, um, a podcast which we call um, Praying with Impact Prayer Casts or Podcasts. Now, in, before I go on with this new episode, a new topic, I'd like to just remind you that you can listen in to us on our Spotify, on Podbean, or uh, on Apple, um, Apple iTunes podcasts. But now you can also, we are connected to Tumblr, we are connected to Twitter, you can, we are connected to YouTube and Facebook. We are testing out these social media um, connections because so many more people need to listen and hear this word that we have to give you to show you how powerful prayer is. And this is a part of the um, Christian ministries that is being missed out many times these days because prayer is really being minimized in so many different areas of our lives, uh, even in churches, by the way, uh, where prayer is not uh, given as much prominence as other programs in the church and it's usually relegated to either pre-church, post-church or other things outside of the main service of Sunday. But uh, prayer is so important in our day-to-day living that um, we see it as a very important tool for us to use. So we're going to try our best to connect you in every way that you, we can reach you. Social media is one of them. If we use this media correctly, we're going to reach a lot more people than, uh, uh, than we currently are. And those people will end up coming to church to add to the numbers of churchgoers. Now, things are changing. Uh, every profession is changing and um, the way to reach people is where they are. And many of the people are in the places where they access um, their social media through their phones, through their computers. And so we're going to try our best to be the, the digital ministry for you and uh, especially the young people, the millennials and the very busy people, uh, professionals who many times do not get the chance to go to church or to, uh, to, to sit under the pastorship of somebody who uh, on a continual basis or on a constant basis like uh, many of us do. 
So that's what our ministry is. Uh, this time, though, we're going to be talking about the power of sil silent surrender. And in this episode, you're going to see examples of Jesus Christ. We'll show you that really there is power in uh, silently surrendering to the will of the Father, to the will of God. Because if his son did, then you know we should also. If we want to overcome, if we want to win, we're going to see that we are going to need to silently surrender to his will. But this silent surrender is not necessarily a cessation of activity. For example, waiting on God is you know is a type of prayer that requires the stealing of everything around us in order for us to focus just on him now it does not necessarily mean the cessation of activity but rather accepting his orchestration of the activity around us it's a spiritual silence you know whose duration and type of silence may be different for different people or different situations you know ironically it may be an audible kind of surrender Say, for example, you may surrender to God in worship songs and you may just be worshiping him, singing to him, you know, uh, in, in psalms and hymns or whatever it is that he is comfortable with you, God will accept your worship. Uh, in, in song. So it's not necessarily a quietness as far as audible, but it is a quietness of the spirit. It may involve fasting and it may even be uh, a physical seclusion from everything else and you just separate yourself from everybody for a while. Uh, now that while may be different uh, for everyone, but you will know in your spirit when you're doing it. An example of uh, audible surrender is seen in First Samuel chapter 1, 9 through 16, when Hannah was petitioning God for a child who is Samuel. Now, you remember in that scripture, uh, Hannah was in the temple praying, and she was mumbling something under uh, her breath. The priest, he listened, he looked at her, and he thought she was drunk. So he told her to stop being drunk in the temple. And then she told him in that scripture, you can find it in our blog, everything is listed in there. It's, you know, in that scripture, she, Hannah goes, no, I'm not, I'm not drunk, man of God. I am petitioning. I've been appealing to God for, uh, for a son. And she ended up having that son. She got Samuel. And that's where we get um, the prophet Samuel. So uh, you can see that surrendering is not necessarily a quietness as far as a, a, a voice is concerned, but it's a quietness of the spirit. Now, a very good example on what this quietness is, you know, came in a, an interview I read in a Streaming Faith Devotionals. It was written by a Bishop Earl Jenkins. It was very interesting because it helped me to, re to realize what it is to silently surrender. So, quote, Former CBS anchor Dan Rather found himself unprepared for a television interview with Mother Teresa. Ron Mel described the encounter in this way. You remember Mother Teresa of Calcutta, the lady who helped all those orphans? Okay, now it quotes, uh, this is a quote, it goes like this. All of Dan's standard approaches were inadequate. And the little nun from Calcutta didn't seem inclined to make his task easier. So he says, when you pray, asked Dan Rather, what do you say to God? And she answered, I don't say anything. I listen. Dan tried another tack. Okay, well, when God speaks to you, then what does he say to you? And she said, he doesn't say anything. He listens. 
Dan looked bewildered. For an instant, he didn't know what to say. And she said this to him. This is key right here about silent surrender. And if you do not understand that, Mother Teresa said, I cannot explain it to you. And as I was going through this, I asked God, how do I explain this in my uh, podcast to people? What, uh, what was Dan rather going through and what did um, Mother Teresa mean? And then God gave me this revelation. It's like, today we have two items. We have, say, a, a smartphone and a, a speaker that is a Bluetooth speaker. And in order for you to connect the two, now this could be any two Bluetooth items. It, could, it doesn't have to be a phone and a speaker, but I'm using this to, uh, to illustrate this. So you have this speaker you just bought. You don't have any wires connected. You want it to be the speaker for your phone because you want other people to listen in, okay? Say, for example, I bought a, a JBL speaker and I went to a micro center to, um, and this guy was trying to demonstrate it for me. He took out his phone and he laid the phone right next to the speaker and his iPhone next to the speaker. He opened his iPhone settings and clicked on Bluetooth and we could hear the sound from the speaker. And now think of it this way. When you are in sync with the Lord, when your spirit is in sync with the Spirit of God, it, remember in Romans chapter 8, it says that we know not what to pray, but the Spirit of God who knows, this Holy Spirit who knows the heart of God and knows our, knows our, our heart, He connects us basically. And so when you silently surrender, your spirit and God's spirit is there. Of course, He already knows because the Bible says that before we even pray, He knows what we are going to pray. So now it's incumbent upon our spirit to connect with his spirit so that his will be done. So in this case, Dan rather could not understand it because he doesn't have Holy Ghost Bluetooth. She did, and she could understand, and she knew how to connect with God. So it's a spirit-to-spirit thing. And so when there is this quietness, the spirit-to-spirit gadgets connect, which is the spirit of God. Okay, so that's the best way I could really explain it to someone, especially in this age of ours of, of, of electronics. But it's so true in the spiritual realm that that's how we are. When we are in tune, when we are in the same wavelength as the Spirit of God, our prayers do connect. You know, God doesn't change. It's us who change. So you know that it's us who need to get our Bluetooth Holy Ghost uh, in line with the will of God. So when you're in a silent kind of surrendering, you match up with the Spirit of God. Now, silent surrender does not mean that, you know, situations are given into Satan. It doesn't, you know, mean that, you know, Satan is in control. No, it just means that you are aligning yourself with the Spirit of God, okay? And your spirit quietly waits, you know. It's just, think of it this way. It's, it's our spiritual silence is like planting a seed in the ground. When you plant that seed and it goes in the ground and it's in the right ground and you pour water on it, it takes time for it to sink with the ground in order to to protrude roots, to create roots so that those roots go in the ground and start sucking out the water. You know, it expands, it expands, then the roots break out. And then when the roots break out, they start getting the nutrition and uh, uh, and water from, from, the, um, from the soil. And then before you know it, then it starts going upwards. It starts producing a shoot and it starts shooting up and the leaves come up. 
Basically, that's how it is also with us. When we silently surrender to the ground of the Holy Spirit, God connects to us and then we start producing the results of that which is already inside of us. We have the spiritual DNA. We have the prayer DNA in us. But many times it's helter-skelter. We don't know what to do with it. So this silent surrender helps us to be in tune and in sync with the Spirit of God. Now, there's, you know, there's a saying that the one you wait on will win you over. You know, because when you wait on them, they are pouring all their influence in, in your mind. You're waiting on them. You're thinking about them. And because you tend to become more receptive, you, you know, you tend to surrender to them. So the same thing with God. You know, when we silently wait on Him, we uh, tend to... Uh, uh, allow him to feed, you know, his spirit to feed what is supposed to be coming our way so that we can get answers to our prayers. That's what fasting does, to kind of shut off everything else so that we just focus on him and him alone. You get closer to the one you wait on. You know, waiting can, can come after praise. It can come after study and meditation of the word of God. It can come after fervent prayer, you know. So that waiting, like I said before, is not necessarily the cessation of activity. You know, as you wait on God, he will win you over. And when God wins us over, he showers us with what is due us that we didn't even know. You know, that's what his will is. It's like God is out there saying, shut everything off so that I can give you all of this. So it's like when you take that seed in the ground, you pour this ground, you know, this soil over it. Before you pour that soil, it will not germinate. That's how it is. Silent surrender is not the same as listening to God per se. That's why Dan Rather could not understand. He could not understand her because for him listening, he's thinking of the ears. You could listen but be unsurrendered. Silently surrendering causes one to know who God is because you enter into a spiritual intimacy with Him and get to experience the operation of His awesome power. You know, that's what that is. When the seed is put in the ground, it silently surrenders and then it gets to experience the you know, the operation of the power of the nutrition and the water and everything else that it needs to blossom, to, you know, to grow up. This is when everything about you is stilled, okay? So you may know him and him alone, and it is possible. It is when he has totally engrossed you or your situation or circumstances, prayer or worship causing you to enter into his realm, then can you experience that power. You know, I get excited about this silent surrender because I've seen it happen in my life. And the people who have listened and, uh, and followed these principles, when they silently learned to surrender to God, the things that came out, it's amazing. It's amazing. You become like that, speed, uh, that seed which is genetically transformed to bring up the leaves, to bring up even producible seed and to bring the roots for nutrition. And then it does not matter what, how heavy the earth is, it will break through. Haven't you seen some of those like you're driving on the road and the freeway and there's all this concrete, then there's a crack 
and somehow you see these uh, weeds coming out and you're like, how did they grow out of this whole thing? Cars are going this way and the other, but they grow out. That silent surrender, you know, is the same way with us. It doesn't matter what, how hard the ground is around us, how tough the situations are around us. We break right through, okay? Now, the Bible example of silent surrender many times uh, tip, you know, are, are not really typical prayers. This is when people are really overwhelmed. You may be in a battle situation, you know, like some of those kings of old, you know, and your abilities seem to be to be no match to the enemy situation. When in that kind of situation, go in his presence and silently surrender to him, and God will deliver the situation to you. Okay. Um, when there is need for confession, sometimes you need to silently surrender. Say, for example, you've done stuff and you're like, there's no other way I can get out of this situation or I can be forgiven or I can even win a case. Guess what? You may even have been the one in the wrong, but because of when you silently surrender to God, there's a way God will give you a breakthrough. You could be in need of confession, you know, and you have realized how unworthy before God you are. You know, God is an almighty God. But, you know, in his almightiness, he wants you to be still. In Psalm 46, 10, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So God will be exalted in your situation in the earth. It's in the earth. He will be exalted. As long as you stay still, be still so that you may know that he is God. It does not matter what situation it is, he will be exalted. And when God is exalted, nothing can stand in his way. It's not about you, it's not about your holiness, but his holiness includes his mercy. It includes his grace. It is a sacred moment. He loves it because you're acknowledging that only he can deliver you, only he can cleanse you through the blood of Jesus, and only he can, can see the situation from all sides, whether you're wrong, right, or halfway wrong. It doesn't matter. The Bible says uh, that a broken spirit is a sacrifice unto God. And in fact, the Bible says, continues to say that uh, um, a broken and a contrite heart, he will not despise. When you go to him, in confession and you have a broken and a contrite heart, he will not despise you. In other words, he will not say, oh, this person has always done this, blah, 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 blah. No, God is going to look at that as a sacrifice unto him. Now, one other way that um, <clears throat> we have to go into a, si uh, a silent surrender is when we're acknowledging and observing his sovereignty. You know, it could be at the realization of his power over all things. You know, you have to be still and know his sovereignty over all creation. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm thinking of, say, for example, if you know the Jewish people when they were being harassed in Germany by uh, um, Hitler and all those people who hated Jews, um, they, they used to have prayer times where they just are in the presence of God. They didn't have words to say because the power around them was so huge and so big. You know, Hitler was everything. He was full of hate and he had power to fight any army in the world. Okay, so he had all power, but they knew one thing that God was sovereign 
over Hitler. God was sovereign over all the other nations. So he could speak to them and say, they can't do this no more to these people. And then those people, uh, those armies uh, got together and they started to fight. They put all their uh, uh, armies to fight this crazed man in Germany. So that is knowing the sovereignty of God. You know, so uh, another example again, when Haman uh, solicited the king to destroy all the Jews in the book of Esther. And again, they went into this silent surrender. Esther, who was a queen and Jewish, she asked the other Jewish people to pray to pray and fast with her for three days. And she says, even your animals, everything, let everything fast so that I can approach the king. He had so many wives and they were all assigned a day and a time when they would be in his presence. This wasn't her time, but her people were in danger, in trouble. You know, but see, God had promised, has promised in the Bible that he is the one who takes care of the widow, the orphan, and the foreigner. And they were foreign in this country, and they were going to be annihilated, okay? And so, you know what they did? They went into fasting, a quietening of the body, no eating, no drinking, so that they can just focus on God. Now, we don't know what their prayers were. Because, because there were so many of them. Each one could have prayed. But one thing is they were in unison when it came to being quiet before God. Okay, they quietened everything. But I'll tell you one thing. Because they were also being used as slaves, they were working. So that means they didn't go home and stay home and didn't go to work. No, they were working. They were doing everything else. But they had quietened everything. God took over. That's understanding the sovereignty of God, okay? Then another thing to quieten ourselves is entering in His presence. Many times, especially today, we have lost that ability to quieten ourselves, even even physical quietness. We know we fidget, people using their phones in church, you know, we come to Bible study and everybody's doing this, and it's okay, you know, but the thing is this, when you come into the presence of a mighty God, there is a holy presence of Him that requires us to be quiet. The awe and the majesty of His presence is so overwhelming that mere man cannot withstand it. You know, when entering His holy presence, we have to be still and honor Him. We have to surrender all because we cannot bring anything to add to His presence. <laughs> in fact, I think it's in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians one twenty nine. it says that, no flesh should glory in his presence. But you know, these days we glory in his presence. We are in his presence. That, uh, you could be in church or someone could be giving you a word from the Lord and you're doing everything else but paying attention to this. No, no, no. That's glorifying yourself before him. But he is saying in his presence, you know, no flesh should glory in his presence. That's First Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 29. Okay, so the silent surrender separates us from all our circumstances. You know, waiting in silent surrender separates us from our surroundings, physical, spiritual, or circumstantial, whatever it may be. And it draws us closer to God and in agreement with Him. That's the only way we learn to be in agreement with Him. You know, it positions us to receive or to understand answers to our prayers. You know, and it's God's power work on our behalf. But many times we are spiritually fidgeting. We are going this way and the other. You know, King Hezekiah, um, 
in, uh, of the kingdom of Judah, you know, was once taunted by Reb Shaka, you know, the Syrian king's messenger. They were met, you know, uh, 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 he went there and he was telling them, you know, we are going to attack you. We are going to attack you. We are going to do this and the other. And um, so, you know, the king found a message to tell his people. It was in Isaiah 36, 18 through 21. Reb Shaka was saying this. Don't let Hezekiah mislead you by saying, the Lord will rescue us. Have the gods of any other nations ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the gods of Hamath and Arpad? And what about the gods of Sepharvaim? Did, did any god rescue Samaria from my power? What god of any nation has ever been able to save its people from my power? So what makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem from me? Now, what a messenger here. He was really taunting them. He was saying, you can't do nothing, man. But Hezekiah told his people, be silent and do not utter a word. And when this man was saying all this, even those who were itching to say something back, Hezekiah had told them, don't say anything to them. The people of Judah won. And so that's what happens even with us. The situation around you may be shouting at you. People may be so noisy in different ways and it's like it confuses you. Your circumstances may be so noisy around you. They are taunting you. When you wake up, they are shouting at you. When you go to sleep, they are shouting at you. And as it could be situations in the news. Everywhere you turn, you turn on the car radio, it's on there. You turn on TV, it's on there. And your situation seems to be like the enemy is shouting at you that I got you cornered. It could be a sickness. You could be in the hospital. And every one of those tests that comes back tells you it's cancer, it's this, it's the other. But you know what? God is mighty. Be silent before him. Be silent before this mighty God. Go to him with a silent surrender, and you will see victory. You know, another good example about silent surrender was uh, um, in Genesis when the servant of Abraham was waiting on the Lord to answer his prayer regarding the wife of Isaac. Remember, Abraham sent um, his servant to a far country to get a wife among his people for his son Isaac. And so what the... Um, and he anointed basically the uh, the servant by putting his hand, as they did, on his thigh. And he told him, go. And in fact, one time the servant says, what if the woman who I ask says no? Should I just come back? Abraham didn't even answer that question. He just told him, go. Okay? So the servant prayed and stilled himself. He quieted himself. He let God orchestrate everything. Okay? Uh, he saw these girls coming at a well. He was, you know, now he had traveled a long distance and he had his and, uh, cam camels and they were all um, uh, thirsty and he was thirsty. So he was at a well and he was, you know, watering, going to water them. Then he saw this group of girls coming. And so he said, God, if this one of these girls is among them, let the one who offers to water my, uh, uh, my animals for me, let her be the one. If she's among those girls coming. And so what he did, he just sat and observed them. He did not say anything. And then as he was there, one of these girls offered and said, Hey, um, can I water these uh, animals for you? 
then he knew that's her. He had, then he found out about her, and lo and behold, that's the girl who, uh, Rebecca, the one that, who was going to become Isaac's wife. So, you can see this silent surrendering to God will bring results. Actually, the greatest example, the greatest example um, of silent surrender is Jesus. The greatest and most powerful example in the Bible is that of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it was first uh, prophesied in Isaiah 53, 7. You know, Isaiah 53, 7 says, He was oppressed, treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. As sheep, as sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. That's the prophecy of what was going to happen to Jesus before they crucified him. Remember when, um, before they came to arrest him, he asked three of his closest disciples to come with him in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray with him. When they got there, he got a little further into deeper prayer, so he moved away from them. But three times he came back, they were sleeping. Now, I don't know how long he prayed, but he, did, he gave us a hint. He told them that couldn't you even wait one hour for me or with me. But remember when he was praying, the Bible says that he was, his, his sweat was like blood. And then the final thing he said, not my will, but yours be done. I call that the greatest surrender and most powerful surrender of all time. Because when he said that, I believe that's when the cross was won. When he said, not my will, but yours be done. Because when he did that, he got the strength to face his attackers, his uh, imprisoners, his uh, people who were throwing at him, uh, stones at him, throwing words at him, spitting at him, and those who crucified, who crucified him. I believe that's when he got the power to overcome the cross, when he silently surrendered to God and he said, not my will, but yours be done. That's what we need to do. And so, when we do that, we realize that, you know, there is power in surrendering unto God, unto the will of God. So let your spiritual Bluetooth be in line and in sync with the Spirit of God. You will silently surrender, and then your voice will start booming out. Your roots will start growing downwards. Your uh, shoot and your leaves and your flowers will start to bloom through the ground. Just like that, I gave you that example of that young man who was selling me the, um, the Bluetooth speaker. You know, once he brought his phone next to the speaker, it separated all those other Bluetooth things around, and it picked up this JBL speaker. Oh, and it's wonderful, by the way. And um, he picked up this JBL speaker and then just clicked on it. Just one simple click. Guess what? The same thing is going to happen to you. When you are aligned with the Spirit of God, just a simple word God may give you, just a simple action God may give you, it will connect you with what you need, with the needs that you have. It will connect you with the healing that you need. It will connect you with the interview that you need uh, to, to get a new job. See, I'm not one of those people who believe, just name it and believe it, and then it will come. However, I do believe that when you're in sync 
with the Spirit of God. Because the prayers that you are praying are not from you, but from the Spirit of God, they have to be in the will of God. And when they are in the will of God, the Bible says that His word never comes back void to Him. And so He will give you the right word to speak. He will not give you words that make no sense. He will not give you a helicopter to drive down the street, but He may give you the money or the way to get the money to catch the bus to go down to where you need to go. So you see, that's the thing. God is very practical. He wants us to stay within the things that He has given us to operate, the, um, the area that He has given us to operate. So now, what are the benefits of silent surrender as we round this up? There are some benefits of silent surrender which I want to go through with you. Number one, it helps to strengthen your position because you know who you are. The best example I can give you again is that of Jesus. Remember, um, Jesus, uh, when he washed the feet of his disciples, the Bible says that, uh, in John thirteen three through 5, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him all authority over everything and that he had come to God and would return to him. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped, it, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water in a basin. Then he began to wash his dis- disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. Now the key word here is, he knew that the Father had given him authority and he knew where he was going. When you know who you are, you will do things that people will look at as uh, as manual, as no good. I'll give you an example. My position, I was in a position where I was the one, the leader. I won't say what, but I was the leader in this, in this job. And we had... Uh, an issue where we need to, because it's a health environment, you know, we need to keep certain things clean, 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 you know. And um, so these people, they, they would argue about who's, who does the trash, you know. They put Just putting trash in a, a waste basket and uh, uh, tying it up in a bag, it became, they felt like they were, uh, they were above it. And so you know what I used to do? I used to do the cleanup of the trash and put it in and put it in the right place. Get the trash and put it in the right place. Get a, a, a plastic bag, tie it up, put it in the trash can or wherever it needed to go. So I said to myself, one time as I was doing it, someone saw me and said, you're doing the trash? I said, yep, I'm the most highly paid trash picker-upper. So you see... When you know who you are, Jesus knew who he was. He knew that he's going to have everything in just a few days. So he went down and washed the feet of the disciples, silently surrendering to serve. That's what we need to do. We are missing that in church. We don't want to serve. We want to be served. But when you silently surrender to serve the people of God, because you know who you are, Because you know that God has given you the power to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Because you know that God has given you the ability to approach him. Because the Bible says that because he hears us, he answers us. I know when I pray my prayers, God answers me. And I know that the prayers that I pray, 
According to Romans chapter 8, they are given to me of the Holy Spirit because I know not what to pray. So everything that I pray is from the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells me that his word never comes back void to him. I know that when I speak it, it will happen. That's why Jesus spoke things and they happen. At the beginning of our podcast, I give you that introduction. I tell you that, you know, because Jesus never said anything that never came to pass, he has given us that same power. In uh, uh, one of the Johns at the end of, of, of the, uh, as you come to the end of the uh, New Testament, he says that because he hears us, he answers us. Okay, that's the same thing. Okay, now number two, it helps you focus your goals in prayer. Many times we are unfocused. We just pray this and pray the other and pray the other. Yes, those things may be good, but God wants you to be like Abraham's servant. Be focused, okay? He wants you to be like Nehemiah who rebuilt the uh, the wall in 52 days and 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 ignored Sanballat's mocking. Those people are mocking them. What can they do? The man came to rebuild the world with nothing but himself, one helper, and a donkey. But before you know it, he had everything that he needed to build the world from the king and the cooperation of, uh, the, uh, of the people around him. Okay? That's how, uh, um, you know, Esther prayed. She focused so that the Jews were saved in chapter, in chapter 4, verse 16. Another um, benefit of this silent surrendering is it prevents wasting valuable time talking back and forth you know, to a powerless enemy. King Hezekiah did the same thing. I give you that example. When he told his people that do not talk to them, don't talk back. Um, you know, situations come in our lives when we, uh, you know, talk with these people and they're doing this and, and it's useless. It doesn't make sense. So what you need to do is to save valuable time to listen to the Holy Spirit, to listen to God, just like King Hezekiah did, and just concentrate on what God is going to do. Let your Bluetooth your spiritual Bluetooth, stay connected. Don't let this interference of other waves, you know, coming in and, and, and disrupting this connection between you and God. Stay connected with God. That's what the enemy wants to do, to disconnect your Bluetooth Holy Ghost connection between you and God so that he can confuse you, he can scare you, he can put you in a spirit of fear. But when you... When you stop talking and you physically just be quiet before God, that's when the enemy is defeated, okay? So sometimes we need to be quiet, for, you know, for that uh, very reason so that the enemy can just go away. And that's what happened with uh, Hezekiah. That's what happened with Nehemiah. When, when, when they were shouting back at him, he didn't say anything. He just ignored them. Instead, he went to God and said, let whatever they say to us go back to him. Then there's the, uh, it also helps to, uh, to gain the benefits of obedience. And I'll finish, uh, the, I'll give you the story of uh, Isaac. Remember when um, Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac in the Bible? He was his only son, the son of the pro uh, promise, rather. And he was going to sacrifice him. And Isaac obediently continued with his father all the way up to the, uh, uh, to the altar of sacrifice. Then he tells him, lie down. And Isaac says, wait a minute, Dad. Um, 
we have everything here. We have the wood, we have the, uh, uh, the knife and everything. But where is the sacrifice? And Abraham answered him, the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. But that was just the initial benefit, his survival. But there's another thing. Remember, I gave you the story of, um, uh, of, of Abraham's servant going to look for a, a wife for him, for Isaac. Many, many years when this boy has grown, because of his obedience, his father stood in the gap for him so that he can get married. And he anointed the priest, I mean the, uh, the, the uh, servant, to go and do the hunting for his son. Isaac didn't even have to go look. God had a wife for him. His father, because this man was getting the benefits of his obedience to the father in the very beginning, now the same, the same spirit of silent surrender is going to send and engross the servant so that he can go and silently surrender before these young women who came to the, war, to the well so that he can pick which one of them is Isaac's wife. That's how God works. I remember before I got married, and I one of the actually one of the Bible, uh, Bible verses uh, in this story of of uh, Abraham um, and his son's wife, Abraham says to God, he says, "My son is of age. I need to get a wife for him." Okay, I'm paraphrasing, but the word of age is there. My son is of age. In other words, it's time for him to get married. And this boy ain't going nowhere, it looks like. Many times in our lives, young people, this is for you. You have been waiting. You have been hunting around, going to this one, to the other, and the other. Guess what? I ain't no angel, okay? I did the same thing. Then one day, I prayed to God. And because of my profession, God is something else. Do you know what he did? He spoke to my spirit. I'm going to give you a prescription because I understood the idea of prescriptions. So on it, the Lord told me to go and look up every scripture that regards marriage in the Bible. And so I went and bought a physical concordance. See, see, today, you guys use the phone, you use the computer. But in my days, we didn't have that. So you get a physical concordance. Actually, it's better. The concordance is better. Because I just went under M. It's just like a dictionary. And all it does, it lists everything under M in the Bible. But for me, I went to the word marry, marriage, married, whatever. And I looked at each one of those and I would write them down, I would write them down, I would write them down. I forget how many they were, but there were quite a number of them. And I knew, and then the Holy Spirit told me, one of them belongs to you because I have spoken about marriage in the Bible. And so one of those is one of those scriptures for you. And I came to the scripture of Abraham and Isaac. I hang on to that scripture and I say to myself, this is mine. I don't know how it's going to work. Then I went, I fasted three days, three days. Okay. 
Now, my fast wasn't a total fast. So don't feel like, oh, I went there and I was, you know, like the children of Israel and he fasted three days, no food. No, no, no. I'm weak in that area, I'll tell you that. But God saw my heart because in the Bible it says, what kind of fasting uh, do I, um, what kind of fasting do I accept? Okay. So I, I know what God accepted as fasting. So now, after three days, I was just driving down the street and then I see this Bible uh, bookstore. So I said, let me go in there. And I went in the, Bi- in the Bible book, so just to buy, just to, you know, cor- uh, look around and buy something maybe. Then in there, I found three books that I liked. And one of them was by Andrew Murray. And it was called The Believer's Secret on Waiting on the Lord. And I, it was a small book. And what I liked about it is that it was... Uh, um, it was it was it was using the book of Psalms, but each chapter stood for itself, and each chapter was very short. It was like one page. I said, "This is for me." So I went and I would look. He would look at a psalm and then explain it uh, as uh, in regards to waiting on the Lord. And I read it. Big deal. Didn't mean nothing to me, but in there I found something about waiting on the Lord. I said, oh my God, waiting on the Lord. And it worked for me. I'll give this for another time, this testimony for another time. But it worked for me. I started buying those little books and sending them to people. Giving them, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Andrew Murray, Andrew Murray. Actually, when I went later on, when in these days I tried to look for that book, I couldn't find it. So I went on the internet and I found that actually... Those are huge volumes, 600-page, 400, 300-page volumes that the man wrote on Waiting on the Lord. And I'm like, whoa. But for me, God had sent me to this small Bible bookstore, which had these little booklets, which had summarized it for me just in time. And guess what? The rest is history. Like I said uh, for another time about my uh, getting married. But to me, that was the answer too. And this year it's going to be 30 years in December with four beautiful children. Two boys and two girls waiting on the Lord. Okay. Now I'll give you another two more examples of um, um, benefits of surrendering to the Lord and um, waiting on Him. I think one of them, the others that I want to talk about is um, it places you in a secret place of the Most High which is the most powerful or influential place. What is that place? The Bible says in Psalm 91 that he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Okay? And also in Luke 23, 46, Jesus said, In your hands I place my spirit. Okay? That's when he was, um, uh, when, when he was dying on the cross. Now, when you look at that, those two scriptures alone, you see that the, this quietening of yourself, waiting on the Lord, places you in this place where you are under the protection. And I admonish you to read uh, Psalm 91. And, you know, there used to be a song which used to go, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I'm not good at singing. But that's all I could sing, you know. That places you 
in that secret place of the Most High where you abide in His shadow and His protection. Okay? Waiting on the Lord is that powerful. It it, it, it transports you spiritually to a place of spiritual Bluetooth so that you are right next to the connection. By the way, do you realize that in Bluetooth, if you move it too far, they will not sync? You know, when you first bring them together, if you move them too far, they will not sync. You have to come close, 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 and then it clicks, okay? The same way it is. Remember the one you wait on, I told you earlier? You tend to get closer to them. When you wait on the Lord, you tend to get closer to them, okay? Same way you do for your spouse. The one you wait on, you tend to get closer to them. And when you meet, believe me, it will be closer because it will be like Bluetooth, You connect, okay? And nothing can separate you. That's why the Bible says that, hey, he, what he has put together, no man can put asunder, okay? The Bluetooth has connected, my friend, and that's what we need to do. Then finally, I want to say, uh, it places you, it places at your disposal the benefits of the power of humility. You know, First Corinthians says this, uh, Paul is admonishing these Christians, you know, they were, they were having fights basically in that church in the Corinth. And he says that, wouldn't you rather be wrong, you know? He knew that when you humble yourself to a position where you are in this, he says Christians are suing one another, fighting one another. And he said, wouldn't you rather be wrong, you know? Many times I tell people, wouldn't you rather be wrong and Walk away. I used to tell my kids, you know, like when you come in trouble, you know, fighting with a kid, just walk away from trouble. Many times walking away from trouble will save you so much. Okay. And that only comes when you have surrendered your spirit. You surrender all these fighting um, instincts and you just leave it up to God. Leave it up to God. Let go. Okay. Silent surrender you know, ushers us, ushers in prophecies about you, you know, the prophecies that have been said about you. If you do not silently surrender, they will, you will miss them. Paul told um, Timothy not to forget the prophecies spoken over him by doing what? God's will. He says that do not forget the prophecies over your life. And how? He says, by doing God's will. When you do God's will, the prophecies said over you, over your life, the prayers of prophecy that were prayed by your parents, your mother, your father, your friends, your church, your pastor, they come to pass because you have silently surrendered unto God. And many times that is through humility. Humility stops fights. It de-escalates wars. It de-escalates fights. Today, everybody's shouting about what nuclear bomb they have to destroy the other person. Let me tell you something, man. We do not have a right to destroy no nation, no person. Okay? So we have to stop bragging about what we have. I could, I could shoot you. You know, people are pointing uh, gun-like uh, symbols to their heads, threatening others. People, many times it's these young people, they just kill at will. 
you know, you see in uh, uh, countries where uh, people are using the forces that are supposed to protect the people, the police, whatever, they're using it to uh, suppress the people, okay? That kind of power, uh, misuse of power. We as Christians, remember, I'll give you this one last one. Remember when the disciples tried to use the power that uh, they realized they had around them when they were walking with Jesus? They said, should we call fire on these people? Jesus looked at them and said, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's what's happening today. We are using all the powers that we have to overcome people rather than overcoming Satan. We need to use the power that he has given unto us to overcome Satan. What did he say? He did not give us uh, the spirit of fear, but of power, uh, of love, and a sound mind. Actually, people who threaten others, bullies, are very fearful people. Okay? Because they can't solve anything without trying to threaten or kill or, or, or do whatever harm to other people. But God says he did not give us that spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And when you have power and love put together and a sound mind, let me tell you, you will not hurt other people. You will not harm others. You will fight the enemy. Okay? That is the power of silent surrender. I am very, very, <laughs> I am very passionate about it because I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen on jobs, on my job. I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in the lives of other people who have observed and performed it. And guess what? I have seen that all in all, the name of the Lord is lifted up. And even as it says in, uh, in John, that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That's the way to win people to Christ. That's the power of silent surrender. Okay? I'm going to pray so that we go into Bluetooth mode, Holy Ghost mode with the Lord so that we have that power of silent surrender. By the way, uh, in my book, Praying with Impact, I have a chapter on silent surrender. And also uh, on our blog, on AfriChrist.com app, uh, if you go on the blogs and you click on the blog, this information is going to be there for you. I'll be posting it shortly. Now, also, uh, I want you to, to realize that when you click on that AfriChrist app, you're not just going there for just a few things. They, it's, a, it's an app that has a lot of things that will help you to grow in, this, uh, in, in prayer. And in uh, helping other people, we have a website on there. We have um, uh, you can request for materials that um, um, that we can send you. You can download the material yourself. You can download my book from there. You can um, uh, basically oh, you can go th through the Bible because it has a full fledged Bible on there. So you can use it for your Bible study, and it's your own app. Okay, this is an app that came out after many years of compil uh, compiling all these things together. And then the Lord put it all together to me. And that, uh, when the technology was ready, he put it in this little app. 
you know, our website is on there to show you the things that we have done in mission. And you'll be amazed what we have done in our small self, just mostly my wife and I. But God has blessed us and we have been able to do this. And now we are getting these people who are supporting us and it's been awesome. They support us how? They support us in the sense that they encourage us, they do these things. And yes, some have even um, helped us financially and I do not take that lightly because this is the work of God, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We have seen what it is to silently surrender before you. Father, I pray that for everyone who has heard this, this word of wisdom that you have given me, that, Lord, they may use it to, sil- to learn how to silently surrender before you, that they may, uh, they may be able to dig deep into the ground of the Spirit and that they may grow those roots that they need to get all the nutrition that they need spiritually so that they may bloom regardless of um, what's around them, Lord, regardless of how hard the ground may seem or may be. Father, you are able to do much more than we could ever imagine or think. And so I pray in the name of Jesus, as we learn to use your word effectively, as we learn to use your word with impact and pray with impact, that, Lord, you may make these people disciples of prayer, that they will tell other people about this, that they will refer other people to even listen to this, to this podcast and look at the blog and read these things, so that in the end your name will be glorified. Father, we thank you, we glorify you in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. So again, my friends, thank you for listening in. And I pray that you will be praying with impact. And again, download our app from the uh, Google Play Store or the um, Apple um, App Store. And it's a free app. It's got all these things. It will lead you to all these things that you've heard today. And also... Uh, recommend it to other people. Now, I know this has been a longer podcast than usual, but I'm praying that it has blessed you and it will continue to bless you and that the name of Jesus Christ will be glorified. Amen.